0: Hello? Howdy, it's me. Oh, hi. So I guess we'll see if the phone holds up this time or if we get any random weird buzzes.
1: Are you at the same place where you had phone from before?
0: Uh, I am, yeah. Yeah, because, uh, I don't know, I mean, I tried the different phones here, but I think they're all from the same phone bank, but they but they all seem to buzz, so, uh, but yeah, I guess if, if it does happen, I'll try that, like I'll find a different bank of phones. There's a bunch in this building. I just ran into uh, one of my friend Mike's friends works here now. Like his business wor- moved here. Like this is just a great big giant business building or whatever. So that was kind of weird. Cause I was like, "What are you doing out here, man? This is weird. <laughs> it's a small world."
1: Okay. So do we have a topic this week?
0: Yeah, I got a few things on my mind. Just a second. Just drinking a little coffee. I'm a little wiped man i really think i need to just stop drinking It is impossible <laughs> it's like yesterday was a wrestling day and i just got like a, a six pack but it's like those tall cans so i mean really that's like 12 i guess or nine or something it
1: would probably be about nine
0: yeah and i don't know i guess i didn't really think of it that way i should just get one thing i got one time that actually kind of work as uh the little tiny um coronas they're called like coronitos or whatever and they look like little tiny baby beers, <laughs> but it still had the feeling of drinking six beer, but they're just little teeny bottles.
1: Gee, I don't think I've seen those.
0: Yeah, they're actually even a little hard to find around here, but, uh, and they're just, they're so dumb, like it's such a waste of money because <laughs> for another dollar or something, you know, you can get normal sized bottles, but, or uh, $2, but uh, I like them, yeah, because it just like automatically paces, yeah, just, there's nothing you can do, but but not drink a lot. Uh, so, I guess the other thing that I brought up last week was just weather wise because man, our weather it's just it's just instantly perfect now, like as soon as things got warm for a few days all uh, all the snow's gone, everything's fine, but then, yeah, like I saw stories on Facebook, there's like a little news feed that pops up, and it kept giving me like the most pointless, horrible celebrity news in the world that no one could ever care about. And then I found out you can, like, click those away and choose, like, I don't want to see this dumb shit, and then it'll just give you real news, (laughs) which is nice. If I could just turn it off, I would. But then it started giving me actual useful stuff, and I think it brought up New Brunswick just because, since it's Facebook, it, you know, it has my information of where I'm from and stuff, so it starts giving me East Coast news. So yeah, it was mostly about Perth-Handover and that there were a bunch of people that were being evacuated and stuff because of the possible yeah, flood.
1: Yeah, every year they have to evacuate them. They're, they're saying it's because of uh, the Beechwood Dam was built, uh, they're putting all the blame on the Beechwood Dam. I think it was built in, uh, I don't know, I'm going to say 1947 or 1948, and since then every spring the lowland or the main part of the town of Perth Andover usually gets floods. and Apparently there's three rivers that kind of come together in, in joining the St. John River right at that point, and ice builds up in them, and when there's an ice jam, it uh, jams on the bridge and water backs up, And but I mean, they get that like every year, so... As if it's been going on since let's say the late 40s, that's like 70 years ago. You think they would relocate the town, but they don't. They just complain about it every year.
0: Yeah, cuz uh, this made it seem like pretty serious, like it was like a like everyone has to leave type of thing, like government ordered like you can't stay in your house type stuff. Like yeah, that's that's pretty pretty severe.
1: But they didn't get the flooding this year. <laughs> the ice jam broke and the water went down and But one year they had, uh, this wasn't that long ago. I'm going to say five or six years ago. They thought that uh, they would, they thought that the ice was going to take out a bridge up there, so they took a train. And I think the train was loaded with weights of some, you know, grain or stuff, whatever was on it anyway. And they put the train on the bridge and uh, to give it weight anyway didn't the ice take the bridge right out of the train with
0: it holy shit! really did anyone get that on on camera or anything
1: (laughs) oh yeah there were pictures of
0: it man (laughs) yeah that's pretty bad like so uh so when it does flood like what is the what's the extent of this flooding like what actually happens
1: people everybody's basement fills with water um i think it goes up to like first level first first floors they did relocate some housing there we had a major, we had major flooding, flooding here in 2008, 2009. Wait,
0: wait, can you hold on for a sec? That was just, just a lady walking by with a mop and bucket, but fuck, that was loud. Okay, sorry, so you had me. So major... anyway,
1: they relocated some of the housing at that point. But the main part of the town, you know, it's, you know, it's an old town that's probably been there for about 150 years, I mean, you know, with a main street and that runs right along the river. Well, that, the water overflows the banks and fills everybody's basements.
0: I'm just surprised that they would evacuate everybody. It doesn't sound like it's not like people are going to die, right? Or,
1: well, I think they were just expecting that it might they might get the high water, but they didn't. This year they didn't. The, the ice jam broke up and it's gone. Right, but, but it's e- miserable e- even, and cold here anyway. Like, And that's the other thing. If, if the weather stays cold so that there's not an instant uh, thaw, uh, there's the the, the the ice has a chance to kind of break up and just gradually move down the river, but if you get instant heat uh, that goes on for a couple of days, really high temperatures, then if the the water just comes too fast, well, this year it's been so friggin' cold here that I don't think anybody has to worry about flooding this year.
0: Right. Um, yeah, because weren't there floods? Like I, I guess I remember little floods in Fredericton, but nothing. Super bad in my life, but weren't there stories of like people that were like canoeing down King Street and stuff, or just? Like oh
1: yeah, 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 yeah. That and that's not the, all that long ago. The flood of two thousand and nine, you could, uh, I think, uh, the water was up to George Street.
0: Wow, I have it was eggs. not
1: as high as uh, we had a major flood here in nineteen seventy three. And I remember going home. I'd finished university and I'd gone home to Campobello and when I came back. We were driving up around by Mactiquac and uh, whoever was driving me, to don't remember, was saying, "Oh my God! Look how high the water is up here! Holy frick!" Anyway, then when I got home to Fredericton, uh, Neil and I went downtown walking, and the water was well up into George Street. People were out in their canoes, yeah, canoeing around. And that was the highest flood. Now, in 2009, it was pretty high too. It didn't. Uh, Didn't go quite as high as as 73, but I'd say, I'd say up to, probably up to George Street. There was probably water up that high. I've got a nice DVD that somebody did a whole lot of filming that time, and they were selling them for $5, and I bought one, and uh, it's got some nice music. It's just pictures. It doesn't have any talking or anything with it. Um, it's quite nice. I should uh, lo- should loan it to you.
0: Yeah, should I enjoy that, it. That, that I remember that, but I think maybe I just never saw it. Yeah, next time I'm back home or whatever, I'll definitely have to watch it. Because yeah, there's just something neat about floods. Like obviously it ruins property and everything, but it's you know it's just that weird like the world is all crazy and just a weird time. You know, it's kind of it's just kind of a neat thing.
1: I have a picture of uh, and that was that year, 2009. I'm, it, I was. Uh, Looking out the the front window of our office, I'm standing. I must be standing in the porch, and I took a picture through the door. And all you can see is like our sidewalk, the high the road, and then water. The water was right up to the edge of the road. Wow. It's quite a it's uh, it's quite a nifty picture.
0: Yeah. So it's weird though with this this uh, Perth andover thing. Like it, it it doesn't sound like if it floods it's necessarily such a big deal but it sounded like a big deal in this story of like you know having to find hotels for people to stay at and like oh, all this yeah. stuff yeah it
1: was it was it was over dramatized
0: oh, okay because <laughs> yeah and it, was, well, me, it was
1: over-dramatized.
0: well it's weird too with um you know i mean i guess it is if it's been happening since the 40s like yeah i guess you know probably a person should maybe try to move somewhere else but but you know obviously it's like this is where you live and people are settled and it's like tough to move i always think like um internet comments like people like the internet gets a real bad name because all the comment sections are full of dickheads saying dumb shit and uh, and this was really no different. It's like people just like, well, it's your own fault. Like, why don't you just move? You knew this was gonna happen, and just like all this weird, hard-headed, like even in this weird little New Brunswick, you know, news story, it's not like people arguing over Star Wars. It's it's a thing. Like, it's just surprising how little empathy or uh, or courtesy or whatever people have. But I was thinking, like, I I think the problem is that those comment sections are there at all. Like, they're only there to facilitate. The kind of dicks that'll write that type of shit. <laughs> I just think it's funny that it's taken for granted that every story on the internet needs to have a comment section. I just I don't think that's true.
1: Well, and I think there's been worse floods. I mean, I'm not trying to downplay the thing at uh, Perth andover because, but but it is something that every spring they have to kind of expect that it's going to happen. But when you see some of those floods that happen out west. Uh, because their land is so flat, you get a river that over its banks and it travel, travels for miles and, flo- and, and everything's flooded. Now here, because of our topography, you know, you'll you get, you get flooding, but it, it's, it's very limited because there's hills and vales and all that stuff that'll kind of hold the water back. Like us, for example, I mean, we've never had flooding and yet downtown Fredericton has been flooded up to George Street. The most that ever floods over here, the park floods, but it never, it, and it's crossed the road down by where the overpass is, but it never crosses the road up here,
0: yeah, and I up, guess, up
1: where our house is.
0: Just for a quick geography primer, yeah, so there's a river that runs right through Fredericton, and we live right by the river, but downtown is on the south side and we're on the north side, so yeah, I guess our side is just a little more... Uh, hilly I guess or just uh, higher above we higher must, elevation we
1: must, we must have higher ground over here just a little bit higher
0: wasn't there also a, I was never really clear on it but but there's the the Mactaquac Dam right so did that how did that affect water levels is that, did that make them lower where we oh, are oh
1: I don't know you hear stories about what the river was like that, that the river floods more now that the dam is there but I don't know that that's true right um I don't know if you've ever heard the story in 1936 about the railroad bridge. <laughs>
0: Safe to say being I did not. But out. <laughs> Go on.
1: Um, I, I knew the McManus sisters. They lived down on Babbitt Street, and they were telling me about it once. Uh, they, The ice had jammed up in the St. John River. The, the train bridge was probably, oh, I don't know from their house what it would be, maybe half a mile. Anyway, it was, I heard this loud, very, really loud. Found and when they went out and looked, yeah, the whole train bridge was gone, and that was in 1936. And there are pictures, um, black and white photographs uh, of the time showing the whole like the parks on both sides of the river. Well, where our side is, there wasn't a park there, that was uh, all mills and uh train tracks and all that stuff but on the other side of the river uh water like everywhere and and big big blocks of ice all built up underneath this bridge and that's when the yeah and and, yeah it just took the bridge right out the whole thing
0: did i ever tell you uh that um i mean i don't know it's amazing more people didn't drown (laughs) on that train bridge in, in Fredericton because uh like we always used to walk across it when it was still a train bridge and sometimes climb down onto the pillars and stuff. And the big thing people would always say is like how exciting it was to be down on the pillars under the bridge when a train went by. but the trains you know stopped the whole like they pulled up all the train tracks in the mid 90s or whatever so uh i remember one of the very last trains i could see it coming and i was running for the bridge i'm like can i make it to the bridge in time and like get down on the bridge and i didn't make it in time but like how fucking stupid is that anyway <laughs> like running to try to get on a bridge before a train passes like what the hell
1: now, my big thing was to get off the bridge before the train would come there, because I couldn't imagine, not that bridge that you're talking about, but the, there was there there were uh, there was a train bridge in Marysville when we grew up, and it wasn't quite as wide as this one here was. Um, but, man, like, and it didn't have sides on it. It was just the, the sides were, like, underneath the bridge, and then it was just the, the track on the top. Right. So when you walked on the bridge, there, like, were no sides. So I thought, oh, my God, if a train ever came... You'd have to lay down on the track and let the train run over you because Jesus. if you went off to the side, you'd fall right off and you'd fall in the river.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's clearly... That's a different level. That's, that's horrifying. <laughs> remember that movie, um, Stand By Me, where yeah, yeah. kids have to run away from the, the train?
1: Well, I, I could relate to that.
0: Man. Yeah, I remember, though, uh, I think what kind of put a little more... Of, because, I don't know, it was ridiculous with that bridge. Like, once... It was like one of those things when you're little, you just don't want to go near it because it's too scary. I remember one time... Uh, me and i guess dan walked across it and brad walked all the way to the westmoreland street bridge and around because he's like nuts to you i'm not walking across that (laughs) but uh but one time i was on that bridge before it had the sides and a really strong gust of wind hit and blew me like a few steps over and if I had been standing on the wrong side of the bridge when that happened, like I'm like, wow, that would have blown me right off. And I think after that point, like, that was visceral enough that I'm like, all right, I got to stop being so blasé about this bridge. But then they converted it into a walking bridge anyway.
1: Well, and the thing with walking on a track, too, uh, especially if you on a bridge, you've got to get a, a view of looking ahead of you. Because if you look down, you get really, your walk is real crooked. And I know when you're a little kid, you get the impression that, like, you can't, can't fall through those friggin' slots. But you think you can.
0: Right. Yeah, I know. I remember, like, we used to, like, show off that we could run backwards for short <laughs> amounts of time on the bridge because we knew exactly the spacing and, I don't know, it was silly. But it was oh, kind of well, cool. Well,
1: that's a time gone by and this neck of the woods. Trains are very few and far between.
0: Yeah, it's one thing that, you remember that, that book Atlas Shrugged that I liked a lot when I was in yeah. high school? Mm-hmm. That Yeah. Uh, not so much these days I mean I've got a, a respect for it but it's weird to read it back now and it's like well I think what's more interesting is I got a bunch of biographies about that lady about Ayn Rand and that's kind of the more interesting story I, like like I was saying how the the making of Citizen Kane is better than Citizen Kane it's like when you learn more about her it's like wow like this book is actually a weird chronicle of the strange mental problems, <laughs> I don't know that this woman had mental processes. I'll say not problems, but but uh, that book was all about um, trains because it was set in like an alternative 1950. But they just recently made uh, a movie about it. It was supposed to be a three-part movie, but the first part was such a piece of crap <laughs> that they never made the other two. But it's weird because they didn't modernize that aspect of it. The rest of it is set in modern day, but it's still a bunch of trains going around, and it just makes double no sense. (laughs) Yeah,
1: but nobody thought, I'm sure in 1950, nobody thought that the trains were going to go the way that they went.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, in the case of this movie, though, I mean, I think Mad Men is a perfect um, template for what this movie should have been like. They should have just set it in the 50s, but they didn't. They made it modern, but kept the trains, and it's like, like this story is already virtually impossible to tell (laughs) as a movie. Why? Why are you doing this to yourselves? Why are you making it so hard? It's weird. Mad Men actually really kind of borrows pretty heavy from the aesthetic of those Ayn Rand books. Like, there's even a part in season one where the old man who runs the firm gives Don Draper a copy of Atlas (laughs) Shrugged. Like, it's a pretty clear, like, uh, nod. Anyway, it's a real bad movie for arguably kind of a bad book, so... Yeah, well, the
1: show has really gone, like... It's good they're doing the last year of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll watch the end of it, I, I don't know, one of these days, I'll, I'm sure I'll get into it. But, uh, I was gonna ask about the McManus sisters, are they still alive?
1: Oh, no, no, but my God, they were ancient when they died.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought, like, when I was a kid, they were really... One was a
1: hundred and one was a hundred and five. Wow. And they died in... I'm gonna say 1996.
0: Oh, okay, so it's been, like, a long it's time. It's
1: been a while. Yeah, it's been a while
0: since they've been gone.
1: Now was it 1996 or 2000? Let me think now. 1996? I don't remember now.
0: Yeah, I never had very much awareness of the neighborhood, so I was never
1: Anyway, sure. their house uh, is gone. Somebody bought it up. It was the oldest house in Devon. Anyway, uh, somebody bought it up and then tore it down.
0: Hmm. I always think that too, like it's just interesting with... Uh, just to think of like you know that 1936 or whatever like that they were just there hanging around they saw all that stuff and uh, yeah
1: and they were grown-up people at the time too yeah because one of them was born in uh one of them was born well I, that would tell me how old they were if i could do my math fast enough one was born in 1900 and the other was born in 1905. So they were grown women when all that
0: that went on. Yeah, well, that's interesting to think of too, because I guess my main go-to example is Granny McNally because she was 102.
1: 104.
0: 100. Wow, is she really that old? Yeah, she
1: wow. was born in 1910.
0: But uh, like, it's not like she really talked about it a lot or in specific. But just anytime I see anything from the past, you know, I kind of think that I'm like, wow, she was there. She was just hanging out there. Like, this is really weird. And it's also like when someone's lifespan is that long, it is weird to think like. Uh, like I don't know, everyone's so obsessed when they're younger with like the teen years and even your twenties or whatever. But when you're a hundred years old, that was such a blip on the radar, you know? <laughs> like all the dopey romance movies and stuff. And like, who gives a crap? That was like like a sliver of your life. That's not that big a deal. Yeah,
1: I and mean, like when you think those women, well, when World War One was on, they would have been grown women. Like the one who was born in 1900 was 18 years old when the war's finished. Yeah. When world war Two came on she would have been like 40 36 when the bridge goes out you know like they lived a whole uh, a whole century
0: yeah yeah being born right on 1900 like that's handy in a way it's like easy way to chronicle your life yeah just saw this movie that it was unfortunately not a very good movie but it could have been cool it was called age of adeline and it's about this woman who Uh, She was born in like 1908 and for whatever reason when she's 29 She gets hit by her car gets hit by lightning or some whatever. It doesn't really matter why but she just stops aging And then the movie picks up in 2014 so her daughter is an old lady and you know She has to keep moving around because it's suspicious that she never gets older her only like consistent friend is uh, a blind woman who just thinks that they're both old (laughs) because she's blind and that aspect of it was all really really interesting and really cool but the actual movie was again just a bad romance movie and it's like, oh man, what a shame that that this cool concept just got it was just there to shoehorn in a bad hard-looking.
1: Well, the thing that's weird too about um, about the McManus's, uh, you know, our office building I always figured from doing title searching that it was built about 1907 Well, it was because Martina McManus, the one who was born in 1900
0: mm-hmm.
1: remembers as a little girl Watching them build that house,
0: man, that's crazy, right? <laughs> she
1: remembers the bricks being brought to the site, and uh, yeah, and she said the and she was, she didn't remember exactly how old she was, but she she knew she was in school and she hadn't been in school for very long, and uh, yeah, she and other kids would go down to that site and watch them bring the bricks to the site, and then they started building the, the, the house, uh, which was built for the mayor of Devon, Gilbert Henry.
0: Oh, really? I didn't she know. She knew so all fancy. that,
1: you know, and she was alive when all that went on.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's like uh, there's a part in this movie where they're playing Trivial Pursuit, and yeah, like this Adeline woman, she just knows all the stuff because it's like, yeah, maybe it's like a semi-obscure news story from the 50s, but, you know, she was there, so she just knows, <laughs> so. It's kind of neat. That's weird, too, like, to think of that, like, that somebody... You know, that you knew uh, just was walking around when, I mean, I don't even know if the street was a street, right? Or was it just like a trail back then in Devon?
1: <laughs> no, those main streets, they were, that was called the Marysville Road. Right. Gibson Street was called the Marysville Road. Um, and Union Street uh, was called um, Macklin Street. Macklin Street, yeah. I, I, I found that out when I was searching the title for this house that we live in. And it talked about fronting on Macklin Road or Macklin Street. And I said, where the hell is Macklin Road or Macklin Street? And it, it then became Union Street.
0: Yeah, I man, it's weird, too, to think, yeah, like, I'm sure they didn't have electric street lights or any of that stuff. And I guess, like, my example of that would be if I somehow lived to be 100, like, I can tell the young whippersnappers, like, I lived in a time before the internet, you know, and they'll just be like, what are you even, how is that, <laughs> like, it'll seem so weird.
1: I imagine the streetlights at that time, let's say, let's say 1890s, they probably had some, but they were probably gaslights. Right. And uh, I think how they set those is there was a gaslighter, and he went around at night with his little torch, and probably on a stick, and he lit the lights. And then in the morning, he would go around and extinguish them.
0: And another just really weird example of something that we take for granted that's gonna seem like that, like that's gonna seem very, very old school, is uh is that there's all this talk now about self driving cars and once yeah. once that becomes a thing it'll be like I guess you can like you can continue to drive your own car but your insurance premiums will be insane and stuff and eventually it just everyone will just use these like automatic cars and stuff, so the little joke I heard about it was like a grandpa talking to his kid type thing of like, yeah, you know, back in my day we drove our own cars, and the kid would be like, really? And nobody died? And the grandpa would be like, oh no, millions of people died, (laughs) but that's what we did, like it's gonna seem weird to people.
1: Although, uh, we've got enough uh, video around and movies around that that showed all that stuff that that will keep those things alive.
0: Yeah. Man, one thing like the
1: whole 20th century has been has been uh, put on film. And so we we will always have access to what it was like. I mean, we'll we'll actually see movies where they did like gaslights. Right. And where they had rotary telephones and those kind of things, so those are things that will not will not die out the way that a whole lot of stuff in the past is gone, and we'll never be will never get it back. I even Always kind can of imagine it.
0: I even felt a bit that way when I started watching Mad Men. Like, uh, you know, it, it didn't seem so. Or not even Mad Men. Go back further than that. Like a Christmas story. You know, that uh, Christmas movie that's set in like the 20s or the 30s. I was surprised how. How much of it I recognized, just like from our house. <laughs> like, like we had stuff that I don't know and just necessarily hooked up or necessarily worked, but we had like the old um, washing machine with the the pin rollers and stuff. Oh
1: yeah, the old ringer washing
0: machine. And like a, there's like a wood stove that looks exactly like the stove in a Christmas story, and we had the old style fridge. I don't know. I just I got the sense like that. I Guess you must just like that stuff, right? Yeah, because <laughs> we seem to have a lot of that it. stuff. Yeah, and then with Mad Men, like, I think part of it was just being in weird New Brunswick, but even, like, those kids I knew that lived, uh, you know, a little bit up the hill in the more suburby areas, like, their houses didn't necessarily look like Mad Men, but ours, our house kind of did.
1: Yeah, well, ours is an old house, and it has a whole lot of old things in
0: it. Yeah, no, I thought it was cool, because they, yeah, just found all those, like, 70s houses and stuff really kind of bland, not really that interesting. Like, sure
1: right they're... now, I've got a collection of kerosene lanterns that I've collected up i have about six or seven i think now
0: nice
1: i don't use them but they're they're nice some of them are antique I, I i do use two out at the camp since we didn't put the power on over there we haven't had it on for a few years out there so we light up the kerosene lanterns and it takes you back in time as to what people used to do
0: Well, that's one thing that uh, i think is going to start building up soon and is going to be really cool is uh as far as like being able to sort of see what things were like in the past, uh, it seems like New York is the best bet because there's just like so much information about what it all looked like in every different decade. Like there's so many movies and just people documenting it and stuff. There's this, it's like this little, um, I don't know, it's kind of strange. It's like uh, somewhere in Manhattan now, it's, a, it's an elevator ride that you take, but the walls of the elevator are computer screens and it's set up so as the elevator goes up, the city that you're seeing outside, like, you know, you're rising above New York and you see it uh, grow, like, decade to decade. You see the new buildings and come up and go down and everything. And uh, I think eventually, like, this was an idea I always had that I'm sure someone will do eventually, is like a a travel video game. Like, if someone designed New York, because you could just design it right now, they practically have with Grand Theft Auto games, like, you know, you make a New York City that you can just walk around in, but then be able to roll it back, you know, like on whatever given street corner or whatever, like take it back one decade, two decades, three decades. No one's done that yet, but I know it's coming, and like, I think that'll be really cool.
1: I think that would be cool, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because...
1: Like I, like I, I don't know if you ever did this when you lived in this house, but I've done it. Like, I've uh, watched, okay, let's say I'm, I watched a movie on World War II, and they would show the ending of World War II, and I'd walk through this house, and I'd say, you know what? I wonder who lived in this house when they found out that uh, war had ended, and then and the news came out, right. who lived in this house and how did they get it?
0: <laughs> well, uh, and,
1: or or other times I'd walk through and I'd say, "I wonder what this looked like," uh, you know, sixty, seventy, a hundred years ago. Um, what was the wallpaper like? And what was the because uh, the form of the house, the shape, the basic shape of the house was the same. I mean, nothing has changed here except for us putting that little, me putting that addition on the back of it. But the basic house itself is the same as it would have been when it was built in around 1890 or 1891.
0: And that house in particular, like, uh, you know, it was next to the church, right? It's like the, the priest's house or Yeah, remember? it was
1: the manse for the church.
0: Was it always that, or is that a, a later? Oh yeah,
1: no, it was built for that, for the for the minister.
0: So I guess that, that solves that part of the mystery. He was a man of God, and <laughs> but I guess you don't know beyond that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, like, uh, did they use the entire house? How often did they use the entire house as a residence, or did they have part of it for? Well, I know part of it was an office because I've seen a picture of people getting married uh, in in the what 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 we used to call the front office, our office. Right. Um, I, I I've seen pictures in there of uh, of people getting married. And uh, I've seen pictures of people being married in, in the standing in the front porch, but it wasn't an enclosed front porch. It was open. And that would have been around, I don't know, I'm going to say the mid-40s.
0: That's something that's interesting, too, is uh, I mean, that house is uh, it's real, real big. <laughs> you know? Like, and that, that's kind of a thing that's, I guess, like houses, I guess in America especially, like house sizes just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and, bigger, and now people are finally starting to pull back cuz it's unwieldy but it's it's interesting I guess in our case cuz it's not part of that phenomenon it's it's big cuz it's super old but uh, have you seen the like sort of extreme like snapping back of that is these it's called the tiny house movement
1: oh yes those little tiny houses that they build and they yeah. build a whole they've got everything in them yes i think <laughs> those are fast fantastic
0: yeah they're cool right i think i could definitely live in a tiny house because uh,
1: i could too if i didn't have to live there with anybody else
0: right yeah and just like it's really the main thing is just not to have any stuff and i already don't have any stuff joel's wife bought me a coffee maker like two weeks ago, and it was a nice gesture, but I haven't even opened it. I'm like, oh, I wish you wouldn't buy me stuff. I don't want stuff. <laughs> but I think I'm just gonna sneak it back to Joel and he can use it at his office or something so she doesn't like feel bad. But, but yeah, I think those tiny houses are really cool and that's it's like, I think the price is usually about 25 grand or so. And the yeah, utility prices a are really they've got a little living room,
1: low. and they've got a little bedroom, and they've got a, a little bathroom.
0: Yeah, and I think the main trick is just to not hang out at home. And I'm already, like, with... Because, like, you know, I live in this crappy basement apartment. That's why I haven't used this coffee maker, is because if I want a coffee... Like, I need any excuse to leave that house, because it's a crappy basement, you know? <laughs> just get outside and see some sun. So it's just a similar philosophy, like don't have a bunch of books just go to the library don't have a tv and all this junk like just just don't have stuff and then the tiny home is fine it's everything you need
1: yeah you're a minimalist
0: yeah yeah i just find it a lot more comfortable i don't like having a bunch of stuff
1: now see i'm completely different i i, well, I if it's stuff that i don't care about i'll get rid of it right away but if it's something that i think's got some i can use it in the future i'll keep it or if i if it's, if I look at, if it's some old thing, yeah, I'll keep it. Even if it's completely useless, or if it's something that I hate to see go in the garbage, because it's still got some life in it, I keep it. I mean, I enough blankets here that I could probably take care of a homeless shelter with them all. all right. They're stuffed in the closets.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I guess I have a bunch of junk in, you know, in the closets also, so I mean, you know, I, I'm cheating a bit, like, I'm just Yeah, I've got, you do, you
1: get a whole closet full of junk one right right full in, in
0: uh, the bedroom too, I'm in right
1: now.
0: Well, like, it's, like, hard to get rid of stuff, like, even now I have a little pile of things to take to, uh, like, a thrift store and just donate that I just haven't gotten around to doing yet, and, like, back home I have all those, those comic books, I really made an effort to try to get rid of them, like, even if it's just, like, box them up and sell them on the internet for like a penny like i just don't want these and it's just so hard to get rid of them without just throwing them away because it's like it's a lot of work (laughs) i just never did it yeah it's weird you get kind of trapped by these things and they're just suddenly they're everywhere and then that's that
1: well and i've got kids toys here holy i don't know why i'm keeping them i'm never gonna have any grandchildren
0: (laughs) (laughs) not looking like it no it's not looking like it
1: (laughs) But I've got all, I mean, the closets are full of kids' toys. Speaking that we picked of, up when you guys were young, picked it up at a yard sale for dirt cheap. And I should give it back to some yard sale.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess there's not as many thrift stores in Fredericton. There's that, like, Value Village up on the hill. But uh, it's nice here in Toronto because they're everywhere. There's a ton of them. So it's nice to just, yeah, just put stuff in a book bag and just drop it off at the donation center. And bang, bang, boom, here you go.
1: And I need to kick myself because this weekend I'm going to go and work at St. Anthony's yard sale because I do that every year, and I say I'm never going to. I've got enough stuff. I don't want any more stuff. I'm not bringing anything home, but I will bring home a load of trash.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I know I will.
0: Well, at least though, that's just you know yard sale stuff too. It's not like, like I always think that's weird with um, people that have like. I knew a girl here that had just like like almost like an addiction to buying stuff to the point that she would buy things and then return them. So she still got that, like, endorphin hit of, like, I went to the mall and bought this expensive thing, but then I won't bankrupt myself. <laughs> like, what a... Like, I'm really glad that my natural predilection is just to prefer not to do that.
1: Oh, no. Well, I would never go to a store and buy stuff because I hate doing that. But if I see something that is a real a bargain, I just can't pass it up.
0: Right. Well, um, that's something... And I... that's
1: why the value villages and... The, you know all those things where you can get something for next to nothing I don't even want it right. but oh my god I can't pass that up it's such a good deal
0: I get a lot of books that I never read that's my main thing but but it's weird too like I really find more and more um, that I, it's like hard to blame anybody for how they act really because it does just sort of come down to just how people are wired like if I buy something expensive I think I said this before in this podcast, but I just I just feel guilty and bad about it. So it's
1: like do too.
0: really easy not to buy stuff whereas if somebody feels good, it's really hard not to buy stuff and like it's not it's not rocket science. Like there you go. Or, or even like, you know, obviously everyone has free will and whatever, but you got to put free will on a lifetime worth of, you know, of how, how many days in a row are you going to fight this, f- how you feel inside? And eventually you're just going to do whatever, you know, <laughs> like it's going to happen.
1: Besides that, I mean, I could go out and buy all kinds of crap. But, but if I can make something myself out of something that I have found or somebody's given me and I can repair it and get it to work, like that means so much more to me than going out and buying the thing brand new. Yeah. And I know it's going to work. I just got to kind of work at work at the trying to figure out how to make something else do the same thing.
0: <laughs> it is too There's like so
1: much more meaning to it.
0: And our society really is just so based on uh, just disposable crap. Like I bought a toaster from Walmart, brand new for ten dollars. You know, like that classic Walmart insanely good deal thing. But I've only been here what like six months or something, maybe a little more, and. Uh, and, like, one side of it doesn't work already. Like, it doesn't pop up anymore. And I'm like, this is literally just garbage. I just bought this to throw it away. Like, like what a piece of shit. Like, I probably should have tried to find, like, a used old-style toaster somewhere, and it actually probably would still work.
1: Yeah, it would probably still be working on all cylinders.
0: Because, I mean, I guess, like, I shouldn't... But sometimes, like, I don't know, I've, I always buy rice cookers from Walmart, and they're also, like, 10 or $12, and they're great. But I guess a toaster's slightly too uh complicated for it to be that cheap
1: now how do you like rice cookers because i've got one here that i think mark bought it for me for christmas two years ago and i've never taken it out of the box
0: i guess i like it because um, you know it's easy enough to make rice just in a in a pot or something the nice thing with the rice cooker is it just it has like a little pressure thing so when enough water dissolves uh, to make it lighter, it turns off on its own. So that's what I like about it, is like you know, I just can set it and then go do something else, and if I just don't think about my rice cooking, it's not gonna burn, it just sits there in a little warm cycle.
1: You know, I make it from scratch, especially right. after, I could never get the measurement right with the water, but uh, I saw a Korean guy on TV one day, I think I might have told you this, and how he measures his rice is he puts the rice in the bottom, And he covers it with water up to the first digit, and it works. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how big your digit is, the first joint in your finger, okay? Put that on. Uh, You turn it on uh, high, then you turn it down low for 10 minutes, set it aside, done. Nice. It's so perfect.
0: (laughs) Well, this rice cooker, actually, it's been really useful for me because I do have a stove here, but... uh, I don't know, whoever lived there before me, I think, just also never used the stove, so it needs to be cleaned. So, like, the one time I tried to use, I don't know if I ever even turned on the actual stove, but the burners are all, like, they just set off the fire alarm, you know, like, they just make smoke, and I'm just like, what a pain in the ass. But this little rice cooker thing, like, I can just put soup in it, or or whatever like you can just cook you know uh, chili and stuff like you can just cook whatever you need or or to boil water for tea or something i just do it in the rice cooker like it kind of does a lot of stuff oh it
1: does oh it sounds like it's multi-purpose
0: yeah but it's literally just it's just a pot with a lid and a little heating pad that turns off automatically with the rice that's it (laughs) but you know you can just heat different stuff in it like it's very simple but and it's kind of handy. Uh, so one thing I wanted to bring up is uh, when you're saying about kids toys and stuff, that's a good segue, is uh, so especially in the winter when it was all dark and everything really was much, much suckier here, I was really thinking about uh, volunteering, but I never quite did it. It's just that thought in the back of my head. Instead, I started like babysitting Joel's kids a lot. But it's tough too, just because uh, it takes me a long time to get mobilized on plans anyway, especially if I got to do it by myself, you know, and there's no one else to do it with me and it's like, it's kind of tricky. So yesterday I was at the Dufferin Mall, that's the mall by where I used to live, and somebody was taking donations for the Sick Kids Hospital downtown, but Mm -hmm. it's one of those things like where you have to sign up for, you know, like a monthly donation. So I just told the lady, like, I don't, know, I don't have a job, like, I would donate, like, I'll give you five or ten bucks, but I just, I just don't want to do a monthly thing, because I don't have a job. And she's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. But then, so she was talking to me about this hospital, and she brought up that they do volunteering stuff there. And I was like, oh, maybe this is like a sign, a sign from the Dufferin Mall, <laughs> you know, that, like, just as some kind of direction to point in, of something to do. But, uh, so I looked it up today, and... And it maybe I guess this is also you know it's the big hospital downtown and it's very high profile and uh and I guess like hanging out with kids even if they're sick and might die, which is sad and depressing, but I guess people want to do that a lot more than hanging out with old folks or help animals and stuff because it's it's slammed, man, it is packed like it is tough to volunteer there, and I guess that's that's nice you know, <laughs> but but I was like I was like I I, I, mean, I might still go through these steps, but like I have to get all these immunizations and uh, paperwork to prove I don't have tuberculosis, and then they only take applications at certain times of the year, and you have to commit to then a whole year of, like, so it's only three hours a week, but just like that you show up and do voluntary type stuff, and, uh, but then, so that'd be cool, but I was thinking like if it's that tough though, that tough to get in, like, well, it kind of defeats the purpose of volunteering a bit, right? Because if I get in, I'm just taking that spot from somebody else that wants to do it. Like, maybe I should go try to find a place to volunteer that nobody wants to volunteer. Like yeah, like be, old folks. Yeah. Because it, it sounds like, it would be, I mean, I mean, I could do two things. Like, I'll, I think I'll still try. I'll still throw my hat into the ring with this the kids' hospital. But, uh, but yeah, that just seemed weird. I was like, wow, I didn't expect it to be so difficult. Yeah, that big a demand, eh? Yeah
1: yeah i wouldn't have i wouldn't have thought it would be either
0: and i don't know that i have any particular like again if i if i was taking the spot from someone else i just have a feeling that there's probably a lot of nursing students and stuff that would probably be better suited to the task you know
1: well and if you that sounds like yeah and i can understand why you would have to go through all that like all those, you know, immunizations, and if, if some kid was dying of cancer, you know, you've got to be real careful around them if you've got the sniffles or anything because they, they, they're so easily infected. Their immune system is so compromised. Right. Is there any um, SPCAs around?
0: Oh, I'm sure there's tons of all kinds of other stuff. It's just, yeah, it's because I, cause I just didn't really know where to start. Like the fact that that specific thing kind of fell in my lap. So that's really all I've looked up so far. But even there, there are some things that are like pretty low level, but that maybe would fit better. Like uh, like one of the little volunteer positions is literally just to be somebody kind of at the doors of the hospital to just kind of shepherd people. Like, you know, when they show up, when the family shows up to just like get them to where they need to go for three hours a week. And it's like, you know, it's a very small thing, but I'm like, oh, maybe I could do that, you know? <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> it's a little thing, but th- that just seems a little more realistic. Like I feel like if I go in like, hey man, here I am, like, I know you probably get all these people with a lot of these courses and stuff they've taken that they want to be more directly involved, but nope, you should take me! <laughs> like, seems unrealistic, but but being like the fancy glorified doorman, I'm like, yeah, I would probably do that. <laughs> you know?
1: Well, I'll have to tell you a little a little story about when I volunteered once. Uh, I, was at, I was at St. Thomas, so I was, a bit, I was, about, I know, I was about 18. And uh, this gal, she always uh, did this volunteer work down at the hospital. So she and I went down, and it was like candy stripers, So which meant you went around, and I was always you like, had a little cart with the...
0: Can you real quick, though, like, I'm, I'm always a little vague on what a candy striper okay. is. Okay,
1: candy stripers were they, were, they were usually girls who volunteered, and they had a little outfit that they wore that was, they called them candy stripers because you wore like a little pinafore that was in stripes so that you wouldn't be confused with the rest of the people who were the valid people working at the hospital.
0: Right, okay. And you
1: went around with a cart, and on the cart were magazines and uh, chocolate bars and that kind of stuff. And you went around to the rooms in the afternoon, and you would offer them to patients with little snacks. Anyway, I, I guess they were supposed to pay for the chocolate bars and that kind of stuff, because they must have, because we had money there. So this girl and I are down there, and uh, she sent me off on my own to do it. Well, I, I was selling, selling the magazines to these people. They were coughing up the money, and I was putting the money in the little can. Anyway, I got back later on and turned in my stuff, and... They wondered why I had all this money. Well, I, went, I, I was selling the magazines. Well, you weren't supposed to sell the magazines because they were cast-off magazines that people had donated to the hospital and torn their names off them. It's only then I noticed it, you know. I thought, oh, yeah, this magazine's got the person's name ripped right off. Of course it's a used magazine. So I had to go around and try to remember who I sold all those magazines to and give them back their money.
0: And <laughs> It is surprising, though, like how often that'll happen. That like, People really... Just kind of toss you in the deep end and don't really explain what's going on. I was probably on.
1: standing there, yeah, waiting while they rooted around in their Johnny Coats and everything else to try to fund the money to buy these magazines, and I sold them for a full price, too. Because, <laughs> hey, I didn't know what they cost. I mean, there was a price on the outside, 3 twenty five 25 whatever. Well, they'd root around and give me three twenty five. dollars 25 well, yeah, I made all kinds of money. <laughs> I never oh. went back. They never had me back. <laughs>
0: I remember, uh, I mean, it's a very different situation, but when I was a dishwasher in Vancouver, it was kind of similar where I was just like, like, I can't believe how little training I have. Like, they just kind of threw me in this dish pit in the middle of a crazy kitchen, and I, it was like one of the most stressful jobs I ever had. It only lasted like a month, if even, cause it, and it's just just like, like, what is the training program here? Like, how in God's name? But I think that was also a start of sort of starting to understand, like, just how different different people are because everybody else i guess is just they just figured it out you know sink or swim where i was just like tell you what i'm gonna quit <laughs> like this is not for me but yeah i don't know i, I always like i guess like i and I, I think i kind of uh i annoy people sometimes because i over explain Or I like to make sure everybody knows who everyone is when I'm telling a story, even or just whatever. (laughs) Like, because I I hate that feeling of just like, what is even going on right now? Why are you expecting me to know all this stuff?
1: Yeah, well, I I have the same thing. I I sometimes overcompensate. It's the teacher Neil always says, "It's the teacher and you. Get your teacher voice off." Well, (laughs) whatever.
0: Right. Well, like, yeah, like, just like for uh, like a small little thing, like I don't know, there'll be people around here, or like I'll I'll talk about like my cousin Dan, and people will be like, we know he's your cousin. You've been telling me stories about cousin Dan for five years, and like I guess, but you never met him. Like just to make sure, (laughs) like like I don't just want to say Dan, like you know this guy, (laughs) you know. For instance, as just an example, but yeah, I'd rather err on the side of like everybody. Let's make sure everybody knows what's going on and who everyone is and how things work. So I guess I should probably wrap up, oh, I guess one other little thing I'll bring up is, um, so my friend Ryan started listening to this podcast, she's from Newfoundland, uh-huh. and uh, she was, I don't remember the specific example, but she was saying how she likes uh, the occasional East Coast sort of slang that'll pop up in, in us talking. And uh, I can't remember what example she gave, because like I guess it's, it's not as noticeable it's us, obviously, right? <laughs> like, I was just wondering if uh, if you have any, like, do you notice that at all? Like, that you have East Coast slang, or is it just because you're in the East Coast, everybody?
1: Well, I guess it? I don't consider it East Coast slang. I consider it normal talk. It's everybody else who's got that those weird, those weird ways of talking.
0: Yeah, like, the only, I guess I noticed it a lot more, too, when I was in the States. Like, I just would have these turns of phrase and stuff that I guess I mostly thought of more as, like, like, just old-school phrases, like throwback old-school terms, you know, more so than any kind of a slang thing. But I guess the only two that kind of came to mind when I was thinking about it is uh, calling notebooks scribblers. That's a pretty distinct one. And,
1: um, is it? Is, is that? I just figured scribbler was something everybody used.
0: Yeah, well, I guess that's the thing too. Is like, you, it's not until I left New Brunswick and then I started being like, oh yeah, no, that's I guess that's that's unusual. And uh, snow pants. What was the term for those? Um,
1: uh, snow pants. Um,
0: leggings. That's it. Yeah. So those are the only two I could think of off the top of my head that Yeah,
1: leggings. Winter leggings.
0: Yeah. So those are... That's that's kind of East Coasty. you know? It's like... It's like a British guy calling rain boots his wellies or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I was just wondering if you noticed that type of stuff or had any sort of...
1: Oh, I'm sure if I thought about some of them, there are a few that uh, uh, would be typical to New Brunswick. Uh, can't think of any right off the top of my
0: head. Yeah, maybe I'll do, like, a little search. I'm sure there must be websites and stuff with regional terms. Just, like, I'll find a little list and we can take a look at it and see what they are. Because even, I feel like, even being from the east coast of Canada, like, we're in the kind of a, that little Fredericton bubble where we don't really have a very strong accent and stuff. Like, it's not nearly as severe as a lot of the people. Like, that accent on Campobello Island, man, that's a crazy one. Like, I can't even, uh... Like, I can't even do it. Like, I can't... <laughs>
1: no, I can't either. Yeah. Thought, uh, but it's very marked.
0: Right. Yeah, I thought that was interesting because, like, you don't have it and your mom didn't have it, but all of the... Your family members that stayed in Campobello now have it, <laughs> you know? And it is just, like, it's almost... It's a little bit like a Newfoundland accent and, like, that little Irishy sort of sound, but I just can't even But
1: it's flatter than that. Right. It's uh, it yeah, it's it's actually quite different than Newfoundland. And Newfoundlanders too, uh, some of them in the those outback areas are it, it's really marked. Yeah. Much more so than, like, let's say in St. John's.
0: Yeah, like, I've only known two people from Newfoundland, but, uh, like, Ryan has no accent at all, and the other girl that I knew had, like, the, the, the thick, the this-is-not-going-away accent, you know?
1: <laughs> in fact, sometimes when you watch them on uh, TV, they'll have to put uh, subtitles underneath so that you can understand what they're saying.
0: Right, yeah. Especially
1: the old guys who, uh, who uh, you know, you, you get them in those little outback communities, and wow, like, talk about thick.
0: Right. Well, there's, a, there's this one wrestler. She's uh, this wrestler from Norwich, England, who uh, she grew up in a wrestling family, and when they interview her dad, not only has he got this ridiculously thick... Uh, weird you know regional english accent he's also missing a bunch of teeth so that doesn't help and he does that weird cockney rhyming slang stuff so he's not even literally saying the right words he's just saying words that rhyme with the real word <laughs> like have you ever heard that stuff like <laughs> yeah, you say I know what you're talking about like instead of saying heaven you say sixes and sevens and just like stupid shit like that <laughs> so he was unbelievably incomprehensible <laughs> it's like what in the hell yeah, that was that's the most severe example I've run into lately. But even like uh, The Office, the British version of The Office with Ricky Gervais, I had to have subtitles on for the first couple episodes until I got comfortable with it and then I could turn them off.
1: Now, I'll tell you what I, I know that my mother used to say all the time and I never thought about it until I heard um, Colin, my brother Colin say it the other day. Mom used to always say water instead of water. Oh, yeah, right. And Colin was saying something the other day, and he said so-and-so's daughter for daughter. And Mom used to say that, too. And I had not heard anybody say that for years and years and years, and yet he, just in conversation, never even realized he was saying it. And uh, he said so-and-so's daughter. And I thought, yeah, he's picked that up from mom.
0: <laughs> That's funny, too, because he's uh, the second oldest. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's like the older kids picked that stuff up, and then somehow it didn't transfer to the down. little
1: kids, did we did we never did, because we used to always make fun of mom. when She'd say, water. We'd say, water. <laughs> water. Well, and It's water.
0: <laughs> it is funny, too, like just how things change from generation to generation. Like There were really severe examples in Vancouver because there's so many people that immigrated from Asian countries so there was this guy, Henry, that used to work in the projection booth. And I had to call him one time to uh, change a shift or something. And, you know, the lady on the phone was, like, really, like, you could tell English was maybe her third language. Like, really thick Asian accent, really uh, hard to understand. And uh, and I was, you know, even just to tell her, like, hey, can I talk to Henry it was kind of tough. And then Henry gets on the phone. He's just like, hey, man, what's up? <laughs> you know, it was just amazing. Like, wow, that's just gone. That's just scrubbed out. Oh, even that, did you hear? I don't know, just there where I said out. (laughs) Like, even that, that people always make fun of how Canadians say out and about, all those words, that's Ontario through and through. Like, when they're making fun of Canada, they're making fun of Ontario, and I didn't really know that till I got here, but now I'm starting to pick it up a little, like, getting that weird, you know, it's subtle. It's like, they always say, a boot. And it's not a boot; it's like a bout. But but I'm starting to get it. And I but I hear it. Like the people here from Ontario, they don't hear it. They don't even know they're doing it. Like it's no, just because weird. they
1: think it. They think that's the proper way to speak, and all the rest of us are wrong.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and like when I was on the West Coast, they have, you know, that slight California sound, even in Vancouver, and I started to pick that up, like, yeah, it's, it's amazing how like people make fun of Madonna because she's lived in in England for like 10 years and she sounds half British now, but it just happens. You can't help it. Or you can't help you it. it. But then you lose
1: if, it. If you weren't born with it, right. um, you lose it very quickly when you go to other places.
0: Like, uh, well, like, what do you mean? Wait, which...
1: Okay, um, I think we've talked about this before. When Neil goes to Gaspe...
0: Oh, sure, yeah, it gets all he French.
1: He he gets in there and he picks up that lingo, which sounds... I mean, they're English-speaking, but they speak as if they're French-speaking English.
0: Yeah, like there's no more H's. It's like one, two, three.
1: But the whole... yeah, the whole... yeah. yeah his sister Marlene has got a really thick accent like that. Now, she's lived in Montreal for about 30 years, and she's never lost that. Right. But yeah, it used to make just kill me. We'd go up there visiting. Neil wouldn't have been there more than like five minutes. And he's got it. He picks it right up again. But then when he leaves, it's gone.
0: Yeah, I guess maybe it does go like the two ways. Like there's the the people that are pliable. And then uh, that, that Ayn Rand lady is an example I always think of that her Russian accent was super thick her whole life and never changed. And I remember one of her biographers was theorizing like, like, that he wondered if because her books are so rigid and her ideas are so black and white and everything is like that, like, maybe her brain is so much like that that she can't even lose an accent or, you know, she can't, she can't uh, bend to any other, any situation at all. <laughs> it's like, well, maybe that's just some pseudoscience, but maybe, who knows?
1: I think a lot of it is, is the language, too, that you pick up as a very young person um, and accents, and that's, they stay with you and you might lose them, but you can also revert back to them very quickly. See, that's why Neil reverts back to that. That's what he grew up with until he was about, I don't know, seven years old, whatever. Well, until he was about 12, and no, I think he was about 14 when he left and he went to school in Ottawa, Um, and probably lost it then. But every time he would go back home, he would probably pick it right up again.
0: There's a, I guess the one thing I just thought of, too, that uh, I think is, is a French influence from going to French school and stuff, but one thing people around here sometimes have kind of commented on is that I don't, I don't pronounce the H's at the front of words, like I say humankind, like as, as, as if there's no H, but to me that seems weird, like why would you say humankind, <laughs> it's like so much more effort for this useless sound, but, but then these people say herbs, they don't say herbs. You know, so it's like, they're they're picking their H's, but they still make fun of me for not saying them. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's a big one. Human. Human beings. I'm like, what? That's not how you say it? What do you mean? Yeah, I
1: say it with an H. Human being. Or, Mine's uh... Mine has an H in front of
0: it. Or iron, like an ironing board. Like, they say, like, iron. And I say iron. An
1: iron board. Iron.
0: Iron. <laughs> yeah, right? You just don't think about these things until people Yeah, you don't
1: think about them until somebody mentions it and then you think, "What do I say?"
0: But it's weird too cuz like like to me like their way, like iron, ironing board, it's just like so much more effort for your mouth. But I guess then if you keep sliding down that hill, that's when you get like have you ever noticed that like when like Irish people talk, they don't move their mouths? Like it's all tongue. And suddenly that makes more sense that that's how they talk like this, because they're not moving their mouth. <laughs> it's like, just open your mouth. So I guess, I guess it just depends on yeah, where you grow up. But anyway, it looks like the phone held up this week, so that's good.
1: It did, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I got a, another thing or two kind of floating around my mind, but I can save those for next week. That seems like a pretty good episode.
1: Yeah, we covered quite a bit of territory.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to, uh, I guess, inch my way a little further toward seeing, like, even, uh, I guess what I was saying about, um, you know, just stuff like them not training things well at the, at the, the, the dish pit or whatever, but, like, even just too, too, uh, oh, man, my brain is just, <laughs> I can always tell, I can always feel it, when as soon as I'm like, well, I guess I'm out, I can't talk anymore, I can't think of words, for volunteering at the hospital so like I saw on the list like okay you need your paperwork for immunizations and TB but then there's no further information like what immunizations do I need who do I talk to about this like now I got to figure that out like I I don't know it's just it's weird to me that people don't anticipate other people's uh, next question more (laughs) and like have that stuff easier to find
1: well you think they just have a whole list of a checklist do this do this do this when you get that all done then come and see us
0: yeah i guess maybe it'd be easier if i had like a a distinct doctor here in toronto i could talk to them but i don't so uh but you know i'll figure it out slowly but surely
1: so is there this hospital is it is it like is this like the sick sick children's hospital sick kids or whatever they call it
0: yeah sickkids.ca i think it is yeah it's a real big hospital downtown and uh
1: and is it all it's all just for children
0: yeah, and I guess it's like because it's you know the big Toronto one. When the lady was telling me about it, it's it's pretty serious. Like they uh, can helicopter people in and fly them in from all over, and uh, and I guess inside it's it's uh, you know really not hospitaly. You know, it's trying to not freak kids out. There's a a, a charity called Child's Play that um, that uh, gets video game donations for kids' hospitals like that, and I assume this is probably one of the hospitals on their roster. But it's really kind of a cool thing because. You know, video game nerds, we have a lot of money to blow on games because, well, I mean, I don't, but, you know, in general, like, we all these people that grew up playing video games now have jobs and can just buy all these games, but I think it's, like, hard to mobilize people to donate to stuff if they don't have some kind of connection. But this idea of, like, buying Game Boys and stuff so that kids in the hospital will have something to play, like, they raise millions and millions and millions of dollars every year just because all these people with all the disposable video game money are like, yeah, I'll donate to that. It's become, like, this huge charity. It's pretty cool. So that's my only... My only uh, knowledge of this type of stuff is I've seen, like, documentaries they've done and stuff of these kids' hospitals. And, yeah, and that's the other thing, too, is, like... It must be, I don't know, I mean, I guess pretty much anywhere you volunteer is going to be depressing because old people are going to die and sick kids are sick and animals at a shelter are probably not long for this world. And it's just like, gee, but,
1: you know. Well, you could always volunteer at a food kitchen or something.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's depressing too. It's a bunch of crazy homeless people everywhere. Like, yeah, Yeah. it's a nice thing to do, but I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. It's weird. It's like I'm sure I will feel better about myself once I get something like this going. But it's going to be bittersweet. That's for sure. <laughs> like, I guess that's like kind of the nature of volunteering. It's always because there's a bad situation going on.
1: Well, and then you always have to have to watch out that once you start volunteering, if you make yourself too available, you can easily get on overload. So that's yeah. not enjoyable anymore. You just you know, because the more you, the more you seem to make yourself available, the more that they'll just dump right on you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, though, I mean, I, I certainly... Certainly, that's not my problem right now. <laughs> it's, you know, I got, I got the time, you know, that's the... Uh, that's not so much a problem as it stands, but...
1: Of course, the other option is you could go get a job, and then you'd be working 9 to 5 or whatever, and then you wouldn't have time to be doing any of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I still, I mean, I feel weird about not having a job, but I just... I just don't wanna get a pointless job. I just don't. I just
1: don't wanna get a job.
0: I don't know, it's not that necessarily. It's just like, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I, I feel like I did my time of coffee shops and movie theaters and stupid shit, you know? I just don't wanna do that anymore. I just don't, there's no reason. Like a robot should be doing those jobs anyway. There's no need for it to be a person. Yeah, I don't know I'm just adrift man just lost at sea I don't know what to do that's why if like some lady talks to me in the mall I'm like alright I'll look into what you have to say because I don't know how am I supposed to know I ain't got nothing but anyway we'll see we'll see what i figured out by next week I guess
1: well see and then if you if you do volunteering at let's say some other kind of hospital like let's say one that has adults in it then you gotta worry about um the stuff that you do, does it interfere with people that are working there doing union jobs? Oh, yeah? Yeah, like, uh, I don't know what Because I don't even know what you do for people that... Well, just go ahead and talk to people, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm sure... Yeah, I don't know, that, that doesn't concern me too much. If whatever I'm doing is helping the people that are in the hospital, I don't know, people in their jobs, I don't know, they get so hung up about them and then act they like do, they're though. important. They
1: do, they, 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 people, they, they do get upset, though, by if you, if you seem to be interfering with, oh, anyway, I won't get into all that.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that's fine for them, but I don't have to care. <laughs> I don't feel like that would, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, people really define themselves by their jobs to a weird degree in this workaholic society, I don't know about it, myself. But, obviously, I'm treading on thin ice as a guy with no job, so... But anyway... Like, for
1: example, okay, working at... Uh, it, let's say you, you, can't, you can't really, like, volunteer at a daycare center, for example. Right. Because they've got so many requirements of just people who work at those things. I don't even know how they, get, how they can get anybody to work at them anymore. Like the, the, the requirements that you've got to have you got to have a PhD to work in a
0: daycare center yeah I looked into it a bit and yeah it's like minimum like two years but really you need four years pretty much to get on any kind of a level of being able to look after kids but I guess that makes sense like you need somebody around who knows you know if something really goes wrong and knows how things work and what to do because I don't know anything I've just got, I got time to offer that's it <laughs> that's all I got but yeah, I don't know. I just, I really, I think we talked about this too on this show, but I just, really just, I, I don't, I don't like North American society. It's just, everyone is just like, here you go, figure it out for yourself. And it's just not, it's not how things were ever supposed to be. It's not how human beings work. It's not how human society is supposed to be. Everything's all fragmented. And I don't know, like if I'm left to figure things out for myself, I just don't, I just don't do anything. So it's not a very good way for things to be.
1: Well, I'll have to see how you if you ever follow up on any of that stuff and then you'll have to bring me up to snuff to all the stuff you got to do to do it
0: yeah and i mean i'm sure it'll be a slow process it's always i always i'm slow with stuff but again a lot of that i think is just a function of like i got to do it all by myself i don't know i don't know why i don't know why north america is like this i guess I, I know why it's like this i just don't know why people think this is good i don't know why they think this is a good way for a society to be like whenever you see um studies about uh, like worldwide happiness levels and stuff man we are tanked out we are at the bottom as far as the first world goes but everybody thinks it's so great because we got movie theaters and cars and shit but then you get like these crazy poor people that are just like much more happy because they actually know if the people down the street are alive or dead <laughs> you know <laughs> like <laughs> so i don't know i'm trying i'm trying to integrate myself more because i don't know it's better but it's hard to do
1: maybe you could connect up with some old veterans hospital or something and hear all the stories of those old guys (laughs) and then you could put them into something that you like to do, which is writing
0: yeah, or a podcast or something yeah Yeah. again, I don't know if I just had one person just one person to help me figure this out or to guide me in some way but I don't everybody I know in this town is just working their 9 to 5's and has no interest in all this stuff or no time for it. So that's where things are.
1: Well, if it's something you really want to do, you'll work it out.
0: Yeah, theoretically, hopefully. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a start. Whatever. Even even uh, just looking into this kid's hospital, it's like, well, you know, at least I know uh, that's like some kind of a, uh, you know, uh, a, a not a baseline, but just any kind of a line. <laughs> like, just all right. So here's here's the relative difficulty of this one thing. So at least I, if I look into other stuff now, I have some, something to compare and contrast with. Some, some information in some way, just some knowledge of any kind. So that's cool.
1: The jokey is you're watching on movies and that kind of stuff. Though people just walk into hospitals? Here I am, I'm volunteering. Yeah. <laughs> and they just fit right in. But what you're saying of them putting you through the gamut of, um, you know, making sure you're not a child molester. I'm sure they make check all that out, too. And then, right. and then uh, you know, the having all the immunizations and all that crap. Yeah, you know what? You think about it. Yeah, that makes sense that they would do all that stuff.
0: Yeah, no, of course. I am mean, certainly... would you be
1: able to walk in off the street and say, here I am. You use me.
0: Yeah, well, it's weird, too, where it's like, I guess it's... It's like, um... Like, I mean, the same thing with jobs and stuff, where it's all just, like, connections, you know? Like, it's really like that in all kinds of life, though, because I'm sure if I knew people that did this stuff and were involved in different things, like, then it would be easier to, you know, just to to get involved and be integrated if somebody was just vouching for me or whatever. Yeah, it's a little weird to, uh, I mean, it, it is similar to applying... For a job just like a cold application just like here i am some guy you never met off the street here's <laughs> here i am so like that's weird too like it's just those those um just those subtle kind of pressures of like i gotta go through all these different steps and then you know if i like apply and i don't get in then it's like oh what a downer you know and it's like it, it's very easy to just not do it but i'm you know but but again it's like like, that's why I guess I, I don't like to rush into stuff or push too hard. I'd rather just like gently push in a direction for long enough and then something will happen instead of uh, just really trying to go all out with it. So so that's what I'm doing, just just sort of gathering information, looking into things. You know, even if I get like these immunizations and stuff and it never is necessary, it's not going to hurt, right? So i guess not so i mean i guess that's my next step though like that I, I like i literally have no idea i don't even know where to start i don't know who to talk to i don't know where to go i don't know nothing it. thank god we have the internet <laughs> i don't know what i'd do without that because i guess I'd talk to people more but but anyway yeah so uh i am gonna go now because yeah like i said my brain is getting a little drifty <laughs> I think I've...
1: well we covered a quite
0: a few topics
1: so that was quite a quite a prolific
0: night. Yeah, and if I remember, I'll try to look up some some slang words for, from the East Coast and see, see if they ring any bells or if they, or whatever. <laughs> Who knows? Okay, so we'll sign
1: off
0: then. Cool. All right, so I guess I'll talk to you next week then.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Have a good week. You too. Okay. Right.
1: Bye. Bye-bye.